please join me in the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. The lesson is from the Old Testament, Zephaniah 3, 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken the judgments away from you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall, you shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not hear, bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home at the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite any children in the sanctuary to come and join me up here. You have to go all the way around because the altar rail is closed for communion. And if you're worshiping from home, just move a little closer to your screens and we'll share a moment together. Come on up. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Some of you are getting ready to go back to school. May some of, maybe some of you have already gone back to school. All right, have a seat. Welcome, welcome. So I have a friend named Kathy, and we have been friends for 40 years. Can you believe that? That is a long time to be friends, isn't it? I know, that's a long time. Well, she lives in Florida, and I live in Tennessee, so we didn't, don't get to see each other that often, and it's probably been about five years since we had seen each other, but I got to see her a couple of weeks ago. She came home to visit her parents who live in Nashville, and we met for lunch, and I got there first, and I was in the parking lot about to walk into the restaurant, and lo and behold, I see Kathy's car, and I started to get excited, and then she got out of her car, and we both went, ah, and we hugged each other and did back and forth. We were just so happy to be together. We were rejoicing in being together. 
maybe you've had that happen when you went to visit a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or a friend and you just were so excited that you gave a big hug. Well, in the scripture reading that Miss Anita just read for us, the prophet Zephaniah is talking about how God is like that when God sees you. It says, God rejoices and exults. That's like God says, yay, when God is with us. So sometimes when we get ready to pray, we might think that, you know, maybe God is sitting up there stern listening to us. But I want you to think about every time you pray and every time you think about God, that God is saying, oh, I'm so happy to see you. I am so delighted with you because I think that's how God feels about us. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, thank you for loving us so completely. Thank you for the prophet who reminds us that you take delight in us. Help us also to take delight in you and to be so excited to be with you that we just love to pray and talk to you. Help us to show that kind of love and delight for ourselves and for other people too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, delightful people. If you are three, four, and five, you can go to three, four, or five, you can go to Children's Church with Pastor Stacy and Pastor Shannon. You're three, great. You get to go to Children's Church. And if you're younger than that or older than that, you can go back to sit with parents or grandparents or friends. <laughs> you're not three yet. That's okay. You will be. It's been a long time since I saw three. <laughs> so this morning, we are in the little book of Zephaniah. If you're visiting with us this morning for the first time, you may not know that we are reading through the Bible together as a congregation. We started on January 8th with Genesis, and we are almost all the way through the Old Testament. We're in the final four, the final four prophets of the Old Testament. So this morning we'll hear from Zephaniah. Next week we'll get the final word from Malachi, and then we'll jump into the Gospel of Matthew. Zephaniah is not a book that is well-known, not one that we spend a whole lot of time with. As I said, it's just three little short chapters. As, as a church that usually follows the lectionary readings, which means we follow this calendar of scripture readings that's on a three-year rotation, we get to hear from Zephaniah just a couple of times. Yes, I know this year we've gone off the rails doing this read through the Bible thing, but next year we're getting back on the lectionary cycle. But when we hear this text from the ch third chapter of Zephaniah, it's usually one of two times of the year. Once every three years, this text is read on the third Sunday of Advent. So that is the, the third Sunday moving toward Christmas, toward the celebration of the birth of Christ. Still in that season of waiting, season of, of not yet, before the dawn and the sunrise on Christmas Day. The other time this text is read is in churches that practice the Easter vigil, vigil service. 
Now, typically, we don't do that here. Most United Methodist churches don't have an Easter vigil service. That doesn't mean we shouldn't, though. It's a very ancient tradition of gathering for worship on the Saturday night before Easter Sunday. And that worship service often lasts all night long. It begins in darkness, begins in the tomb, begins in death. And as the worship service goes on, moves toward the sunrise on Easter morning. So that tells us something about how our ancestors in the faith have heard this text from Zephaniah. It's a word from the prophet that the people of God need to hear when they are in a season of waiting, perhaps a season of bereavement or confusion or darkness or not knowing, a season of pain the valley of the shadow of death, perhaps. Because it announces, makes the promise of the coming of the Lord in whom is our hope. Zephaniah himself, as a prophet, we don't know much about. Scholars have had to guess about when these texts were written and what moment in history. But most scholars believe that when we get to the third chapter, this is perhaps the moment when the people of Israel are being returned to the land. You may remember the Babylonian army had come in and trampled the land. They had destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. They'd torn down the city walls. They dragged away thousands into exile. And now, perhaps in this moment, a few of the exiles are beginning to trickle home, and they are returning to a city in shambles. And so the prophet speaks into this moment of pain and hurt and not knowing and wondering where God is in the midst of it all. Here we are in the 21st century, August 6th, and our darkness is different from that of the Israelites so many centuries ago, but I think many of us, if not all of us, can identify with this kind of season of life. Have you walked through a season of your life when you felt like God had forsaken you? When you felt like there was so much devastation, so much loss that you couldn't see your way forward? You didn't know where hope would lie. For many of us, perhaps, it's been walking through a season of grief, losing someone we have loved and walked alongside who is no longer with us, and adjusting to the reality of that loss and dealing with that pain. Perhaps it's the, the scary news of a diagnosis whose ultimate end we don't really know. and We don't know what to expect or hope for, and we just have to walk through this season of, of not knowing. Or maybe we walk through that season with a loved one. Maybe it's a mental illness, a depression, anxiety, a job loss, a broken relationship, whatever it might be, financial stress. We all know those kinds of seasons that feel spiritually dry and bereft. If so, we can stand with those Israelites in the rubble of Jerusalem and hear the voice of the prophet. We know what it's like to be in that kind of moment collectively. And I don't need to go through the whole litany of all that we have been through and are going through. I was talking with someone this week who was saying, you know, it just seems like 
since 2019. It's just been one gut punch after another. And even in the headlines this week about the rising temperatures and climate change and, and political polarization and vitriol and all of these things that seek to divide us and cause us so much fear and anxiety and worry. We are in that kind of moment collectively. And so we stand and listen for the voice of the prophet Zephaniah to see what he had to offer the people of Israel and what he might have to offer us. Now there's a lot to this text and it's a communion Sunday, so I gotta keep it brief. So I'm just gonna highlight one aspect of Zephaniah's words that, that I want us to notice together this morning. And it's all about the verbs. Well, actually, it's more about the subject of the verbs. There are a lot of verbs in this text, and most of them belong to God. Listen to all of the things that God says God is doing and God will do. God has taken away the judgments against you and turned away your enemies. The Lord is in your midst the Lord is in your midst. He will rejoice over you. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. And then the, it shifts to God's voice. I will remove disaster from you. I will deal with all your oppressors. I will save the lame. I will gather the outcast. I will change their shame into praise. I will bring you home. I will restore your fortunes before your very eyes. All of these things that we long for and hope for, healing, reconciliation, hope, are in God's hands. It is God who does this work on our behalf. God is in our midst. God is doing that work, bringing about healing and wholeness and hope and love and forgiveness and reconciliation. We are not the subject of these verbs. But I don't know about you, I often think that I am. I fall into that trap that the theologians call practical atheism. Where we say we believe, we come to church and worship and we say, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. But when it comes right down to it in the living of our ordinary lives, we don't put our trust in God. We don't really believe that God's going to do anything about it. Does that resonate with you at all? Do you see that in yourself at times? I see it in myself at times. I've got to do this. I've got to fix this. I've got to hold all this together. When the prophet Zephaniah is saying to God's people and to us, it is God who does these things. And he is inviting us to put our ultimate trust in God and not ourselves. Now that doesn't mean that we sit by passively and just wait for God to do things. I have one of my good friends from high school said, you know, I really want to, to find a partner and, and marry someday and Someone told me just to do something I enjoy and I'll meet somebody that way. And I've been sitting in my apartment playing video games for three years now and not a single person has knocked on my door. You know, not that passive. In all of God's amazing mystery, God has chosen from the very beginning to partner with humankind 
to do the work of building God's kingdom and building God's beloved community on this earth. But ultimately, it is God's work. And we lean on God for the strength and boldness and power and patience and hope to do that work. There are really only two verbs in this text that belong to us as the people of God. God's the subject of most of them. But what the prophet invites the people of God to do is do not fear and rejoice. Do not fear. We've talked about some of these themes that recur again and again in the scriptures. How many times does God say, does the prophet say, does the angel say, does Jesus say, do the apostles say, do not fear? Don't be afraid. We live in a world that is swirling with fear, anxiety, worry. And there are those in our midst who want to stoke that fear and use it to divide us. And yet we are part of a community of believers that is grounded on this teaching. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. So what does that look like if we're facing a diagnosis, if we're facing a broken relationship, if we're dealing with climate change? How do we, how do we face that without fear? Most of us can't. The fear is going to arise within us. But perhaps there is an invitation from Zephaniah to offer that fear to God, to recognize it, and to turn it over and repeat in prayer again and again, I place my trust in you. To recognize God is in our midst and God has got us and has got all of creation. So when you see that fear rising up, whatever the source may be, take a moment to just breathe the prayer. Do not be afraid. Put your trust in God and see if that helps to deepen that trust in the God who is always with us and always at work. Do not fear, Zephaniah says, and rejoice. Really? Rejoice? Zephaniah says to these exiles as they're returning to the rubble of Jerusalem, the first word in chapter 3, sing! Really? Yes. That is one of the quirky, wonderful things about the, the people of God is that we can stand in the rubble. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We can face the hard things that life puts in our path and hold on to joy. Because our joy is deeper than happiness. It's deeper than success. It's deeper than everybody's praise and favor. It is rooted in the unconditional love of God and the ever-present grace of God in our everyday lives. And it is that that gives us a song to sing. So it's August 6th. It's not Easter. It's not Christmas. But every day is a good day to sing joy to the world. Thanks be to God.